podcasting from inside the stash. I'm Jenny. I'm Nicole. And this is Stash and Burn. Hello. Hello. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. We are recording via Skype. I feel like we have to announce that when we do, like, just to be honest about something. We are not in the same room together. This is a trick. Aww. This is all an illusion. <laughs> um, so how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah? How's your knitting? I'm fine. My knitting is uh, slow but steady. Nice. Um, I'm, I mean, my big projects are still the same. I'm still working on Harold's uh, hybrid and... Um, my Adiri, mm-hmm. but I, my resolve to keep a small project going yes. all the time has resulted in a lot of uh, toasts. <laughs> I knit like three pairs of toasts. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I made a Milo vest for Matilda, which turned out really cute. What did you make that in? Um, I had this leftover yarn from Harold's Born sweater. Ah. So I made her a Milo vest out of that. Cute. And Harold's happy because they match. And... That's adorable. Yeah. Um, which stitch pattern? Because doesn't Milo, you with Milo you have options like Yeah, I ended cables. up uh, putting on the XO cable. Yeah, that's a cute one. That's yeah. A, that's a keeper. Yeah. So... I thought it turned out pretty good. It it's kind of long, right? It looks like a t- more like a tunic right Perfect. now, but I think that'll be great because it'll just grow with her. Hey, so I have a suggestion. My friend Rebecca, who is in Mexico this year, I was just looking at her projects, and she made a like sleeves for her daughter, who is uh-huh. two. But um, it definitely is one of those things that you can knit as a tunic that would later become like a t-shirt. It's a really cool. cute sweater. And uh, so if you're looking for more quick Matilda projects, that's I would am. Be a good one. Oh, I made her a pair of leg warmers too. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but she eventually just walks out of them. Yeah. They, they just fall down and then she's walking on them and then they're off. They might be better for sleeping or maybe putting on over pants. Yeah, I did put them on over pants on a cold day when we went out for a walk. It's very it did work. It's very eighties, very flash dance. <laughs> yeah. Well, since, <sighs> since we last recorded, I only have finished one thing, um, and that is I finished my hand spun bad oyster, which um, turned out great. It's probably going in the gift box it's a little too stevie nicks for me um like it's really well i don't think it's the fringe i think it's the fringe combined with the two yard two different yarns combined with it being hand spun so it has like it's very textury and the fringe is very textury and it's it's great i would definitely would make another one but i think that um I'm a little more 
I don't know, straightforward. I like something that maybe a little more clean than, than, right. than it is. But it turned out beautifully and beautiful. It's beautiful. Do you have and, a picture up yet? Uh, I think I have some pretty close pictures, but maybe not the final photo. And uh, I did, though, I, I should post them because I think I took some pictures when I uh, hung it out to finish drawing when I blocked it. And the yarn, I'm assuming, is some sort of merino. It's a hand spun that I got from uh, Krista, Pigeon Roof Studio. Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly the composition, but it's very soft, uh, blocked beautifully. And I think, I mean, I just have to find the right person for it. It reminds me of your Beachy Keen tunic. Yes, and that's the other thing. I feel like, oh, I already have this in the Beachy Keen. Right. And it has that same texture <laughs> of the Aracanya, uh, cotton, nature cotton, uh, right. which is, is great. But um, I feel like I, I would be having two of the same garment almost because it's the same right. color scheme, striping, the whole deal. But I used every last scrap of that yarn. Um Excellent. I think I might have like a tiny ball of of the. Uh, I think I used all of the blue, and almost all of. I think I used almost all of it because, basically, you just turn it into fringe at the end. Right. So, um, and I have a couple of works in progress. I am nearly finished knitting. I don't think I even talked about this. I don't think this was even on my radar last time we recorded, but I'm knitting the vintage Fremont shawl. It was a, it's a pattern that was from the Rose City yarn crawl, the Portland, Oregon yarn crawl. And um, mm -hmm. I did a really cool trade in the last month where somebody was looking for a Barocco uh, pattern booklet uh, that I had, and I just, I know, I knew I was never going to use it. So instead of like trading from something from her stash, I just said, why don't you buy me a pattern for my wish list and I'll send you the book. And that was just a super easy, clean way to do the uh, trade. So uh, I got that. She bought me that pattern and um, it's a great pattern. It's actually, it's, I, I feel like it should be more popular than it is. It's, it's only been out for maybe a year. Mm -hmm. But it is uh, it's very much like Hitchhiker. Uh, it's garter stitch. It has a similar sort of tooth construction on the side, but um, it has this great eyelet uh, mesh pattern uh, on the edge on the ends of the rows. Actually, I can hold it up so you can see. Uh, and uh, and then for the bind off, you do this very clever bind off where you make. T like uh, you make little triangles for the bind off so it you actually knit 10 rows and then you when you're doing that you end up with five stitches bound off I believe so you end up having triangles on two of the sides of the shawl cool and I'm knitting this in stricken smitten shimmer and glimmer and I don't know if I have the color name of that but it's a beautiful green and I bought the yarn at Sock Summit in Portland Oregon it all comes <laughs> together just like That's that. awesome. <laughs> so, um, so I'm almost done with that. I'm hoping that tomorrow's commute might be the end of this, which will be great because it will clear the decks for my Revelenix project. Or it my looks Revel big. And, you know, I measured it. It's actually not that big, but it is. Okay. It's like 40-some inches on the two longer sides. And it will be a gift for somebody... I'm not sure who. I was actually thinking about somebody who 
I used to work with who left at the end of the year and I, I've been wanting to get back in touch with her. I thought, oh, maybe I'll send that to her. That might be nice. Um, so I have that. And then the other work in progress I have is my papillon sweater, which I am nearing the end of the body. Uh, I think I have a pretty recent picture. I don't know. I thought I took a picture last night, but maybe I didn't post it. So I have about six rows left and then I'm going to, um, I've been blocking it as I go, actually. I knit, oh, well, actually, let me go back. So I knit the yoke, and I started to break off the, when did this happen? When did I discover I had the wrong number of stitches? I don't know. It's some horrible moment. I went and finally counted my stitches. Oh, no. And I was off by 12, and I couldn't figure out where I'd lost these stitches, and it was, it turned out like some rows I had forgotten to increase. And so the increases were all in different places. So I, I lost uh, a few no. days of knitting because I had to frog back to where the increases started. I, it wasn't all the way up. I, I lost a few days. And then I was much more diligent about counting where I was increasing and uh, right. really keeping track of it. And uh, one thing that helped was really I just wrote even though the, the directions are really good I wrote not stitch counts but I wrote what rows of the pattern I needed to be increasing on so those were marked so I couldn't miss them so right. that that helped a lot but then once I got to the body part I knit for a couple of inches put it on a waist yarn and blocked it and tried it on and I think I've done that twice now. I've blocked it and tried it on. And so now I'm going to go to one more point, which is the le to get to the final length. So I have about six more rows. I'm going to do one more, putting on a waist yarn, blocking it, trying it on, and then I have the ribbing and then the sleeves, and I'm done. Yay! So uh, I'm not It gonna... looks beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I really like it. It's beautiful. And uh, I did do some, I, I talked last episode about using some of my knit to flatter lessons and I definitely uh -huh. have done that. I started increasing, decreasing sooner for the back and then increasing later on the back. And so that the kind of the decreases for the waist and the increases for the waist in the front are a little closer together than in the back because of how I want, no, the opposite, sorry. I, I increased sooner Decrease sooner for the waist and increase sooner for the back. Wait, I'm so confused. I've confused everybody. Suffice it to say, I changed the places where the increases and the decreases were um, as far as row counts to fit my shape better. Cool. Instead of whatever confusing thing I was just trying to relay to you. Whatever that is, I will and write you... it in my notes so <laughs> that people can can read it better than I can say it. So did you figure all that out ahead of time but with your row gauge? I did, and a little bit by trying it on. So right. when I tried it on, you know, I wanted to see where it was um, before I started doing decreases for the waist. And um, I just wanted to sort of check where things were. And I also knew that one of the problems for me in the back of sweaters is that I get some extra fabric. So this is where I need to sort of, because I'm going from the top down, this is why I'm confused. Because when I did this originally with my 
Aislinn cardigan. I was doing it from the bottom up. So I had to sort of mm-hmm. reverse the logic of where to put the increases and decreases because I was going in the opposite direction. So it was right. about trying to like sort of, in a sense, dart the back, right? Like create the, the same concept of a dart at the right point. So we'll see when I try it on, which will hopefully be um, tomorrow or Friday. I'll be able to try it on and, and see if that worked for me. Because I really often have that problem with this extra fabric in the back. So I'm hoping that I compensated for that correctly. Um, but it, the fit so far was great. And um, I think the sleeves, since they are top down and they're only going to be like three-quarter length and... Um, and you know they're partially knit because the caps are the sleeve cap is knit. Um, that it will go pretty quickly for the rest of the sweater. So I will be ready for the Ravelinics. Yay! So is the lace pattern just in the front? It is just in the front, and it is a tricky pattern. It is not. I have not memorized it. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a thirty row, thirty one row repeat. So it's kind of an odd odd repeat but it's really beautiful and I am I I have been paying attention enough to look at it I hopefully have not made any huge mistakes there I've caught a couple of mistakes missed yarn overs that I've been able to sort of make up for um Mm -hmm. so but um yeah it's it's yeah so that's just in the front so there's a lot of resting you know like there's a lot of stock in it and then you just have to concentrate for the 49 stitches for the center panel right um, and uh, even though the rest row is, you know, only knit purl, you do have to sort of pay attention because on some rows there are yarn overs that you knit and on other rows you purl the yarn overs. So I just, you do have to pay attention. Right. Uh, but it, it's, yeah, it hasn't been so bad. I like the lace. I'm also using, I bought... Um, over New Year's, I bought a set of Haya Haya interchangeable needles, sharps, Ooh. and I am using those to knit this sweater. And it's they're definitely very helpful for lace, as I can attest to, because I'm using my what am I using? I'm using Knit Picks, which are fairly sharp needles. I'm using Knit Picks for my uh, vintage Fremont, and mm-hmm. I was thinking, wow, I wish I could be using my Haya Haya sharps because it would be easier to do the eyelets and the the knit two togethers with a slightly sharper needle. They're so sharp that actually I had cut myself. So I had a oh tiny, not with the, not with the, the knitting needle. I'd cut myself with a knife, this little tiny incision. And I was knitting with the Haya Haya's and I was like, ow, ow, ow. I was like, wow, these are really sharp. And I realized I was hitting myself in the exact same spot where I had cut myself. So they're not that sharp, but they can inflict some pain. <laughs> I probably like feel like my fingertips are all ripped up. Um, I think just from dry skin and a lot of hand washing. Yeah. And so if I if I use needles that are too sharp, and they're kind of tight on the needles, like if the knitting is too tight on the needles, right. I end up having to wear like band aids. That while to... my yeah while my little ouchie was healing, I wore band aid on that finger. Yeah. I use my fingers a lot to kind of lever off, like not all, on every stitch, but if the stitches are further down on the needles, I definitely will use sort of a lever action against another finger. That's just the way I knit. 
I think I used my finger to push the needle through, to push the right needle through the stitch. Huh. So you use what finger? I use my index finger after I wrap the yarn to uh -huh. push the needle through. Oh, and then when I'm, down. Yeah, and when oh. I'm purling, I end up using my thumb to push the needle through. Interesting. I use the, it's the opposite for me. I use my index finger of my right hand to, um, to sort of steady the left needle to pull the stitch through. Huh. Yeah. Now I'm not doing it, so I can't show you. I'm like, why am I not doing it? <laughs> okay, so there. <laughs> so here, like I would do this stitch. I would, I would put my index finger on the left needle and then lift it over. But it's usually like every fifth stitch that I do that. Right. Or even fewer. Um, so what project are you working on right at this moment? Seamless hybrid. Yeah. How's it going? Slow and steady. Yeah. When's the race? Uh, maybe in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's good to have the home project. I really took to heart what you were saying last time. And so I've been working on Papillon at home mostly because uh, it requires concentration. And so I can really... And... I, uh, because it's hand-dyed yarn, I am juggling, well, now I'm down to two balls, but for a while I was actually using all three different skeins at once. Wow. Well, yeah. Why? Because I don't want any horrible pooling or that it would, that thing that happened with my Ashlyn cardigan, Aislinn cardigan, where like part of it is drastically different than the other. Right. Um, and you, you know, what's funny is you can tell I actually did not switch yarns on the little collar piece for Papillon and it's uh -huh. definitely darker than um it's darker than the the body but it's kind of looks like a design feature because there's like a little pooling of the dark color on the top and yeah, that you're right that's crazy right yeah and you can I mean it does look like it's on purpose yeah, I'm tempted to almost do that again with the like the cuffs on the sleeve and on the bottom. That's actually the skein that I got from Alma that I used for that part. Oh, and so okay. it was, a, but we bought it at the exact same time. It's so funny that it would be a darker variation, but we probably chose for that when we were buying, you know? Right, right, right. Because I think we actually bought Krista out of that color. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm excited to finish my vintage Fremont and to cast on for the Ravalenics game. I have picked a project. I will be knitting a sweater will be my main focus. And I'm knitting the Meyer cardigan, uh, which is in, it's from Metropolitan Knits, which is a pattern booklet. Uh, oops. Hold on. Let me get the pattern up. It is the cover sweater from, uh, is that what it's called? Metropolitan? It's... I'm looking it up. It's a Melissa Worley, yes, Metropolitan Knits. Mel Melissa Worley's book that came out in, last June. It's a great book. I don't think we've ever talked about this book. Uh, but no. There's a number of cute sweaters, and I've always loved this sweater. It reminds me, actually, of a store-bought sweater that a former colleague of mine used to wear because it has this great... Uh, 
eyelet. Man, I'm really into eyelets right now. This great uh, diagonal eyelet uh, feature on the body, uh, at the, like uh, on the sides of the body, and then that's repeated all the way down the sleeves. So I am going to use my Pigeon Roof Studios Bacchus Aaron to knit this cardigan. Yay! I think it, Excellent. it's a great match. I uh, I really like the gauge that I got. I got the the pattern gauge, which was 18 stitches over four inches. And uh, I like the, the fabric at that, uh, that, that yarn with that fabric. And generally what I've, I've seen is that people who are knitting the size that I would knit uh, are using around 800 yards, maybe even close, like 850. But I have 880. I think I can definitely squeak it out. Um, especially considering, you know, the adjustments that I'm going to make. Like, I'll probably, you know, the bust will be smaller or the sleeves will be shorter. The body definitely will probably be shorter than the schematic. So I feel like I have plenty of yarn. Um, and I'm excited. I think it's also a sweater that's possibly doable in the time of the Olympics. So we shall see. Nice. I haven't picked a project yet. I don't know if I'm going to commit. Uh, I feel like it would involve starting something new yet again. <laughs> well, you'll probably pick you'll probably pick a small project that you're going to knit during this time. Maybe I'll knit Matilda another vest. There it is, is vestuary. It is vestuary after all. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little uh a little uh, motion what's the word I'm looking for? A little movement behind the vestuary trend. It was something we did years ago. Did we do it? Was it during the Olympics? Maybe, uh, gosh, like in 2008? No. 4, 10, 2006? No. When did I knit my vest of rest? I'm wondering if that was vest. That was a long time ago. Okay, maybe that was too long ago. I, knit, I don't remember the last vest I made for myself. Um. Yeah, I remember the Dr. G. I made Harold one. You made your dad one. I made my dad one. Did you make yourself one that ended up being in the possession of your mom? Well, I made my mom one. Oh, okay. And then I was on this machine knitting kick where I machine knit a bunch of vests. Aha. I do remember that. Didn't you have a striped one that you knit? Oh, wait. I, I have a vest that I made from the Japanese, a Japanese knitting book that yes. I used Malabrio Volki for. Yes. And you made one for little Emily too. Yes. 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 Or maybe I think you had made one for yourself and it ended up being for little Emily and then you knit it your, again for yourself. Yes. I knit that twice. That is correct. I remember that now. That was the last vest I made for myself. Wow. That was a long time ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I have, I usually, well, right now I'm working on two projects at a time. I'm having sort of my commute project and my home project. Also, during the Ravalinics, I'm going to work on catching up on the Oddments collection. I mentioned it last time. I still have not knit from it, but I'm vowing. Actually, it would be great if I could knit all four patterns during the Olympics to kind of catch up. So oh, last, that would be a good goal. Last time I talked about the fairy snow cap and uh, the I miss misspoke. It was not the entler; it's entling. 
E-N-T-L-I-N-G. I'm having a hard time saying that with my congestion. <laughs> um, the Entling mitts and uh, like a headband. And then just today, she came out with a new pattern uh, that is called Elvin, I believe. Yeah, the cloche. That cloche, so cute. That def- that's now I'm like that one's gonna go be first. That is knit in a single skein of Northampton bulky, which is a hundred and or hundred and nine yards. And I have a skein of Mad Tosh bulky. That uh, actually I have a couple skeins of Mad Tosh bulky. One of which may not even be in my stash. But um, so I'm thinking about trying to bust one of those out. It's very cute. It reminds me a little bit of the Quincy hat from uh, Jared Yeah, 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 yeah. But it has a leaf, so it's got the garter stitch element that Quincy has, but the stockinette portion is a leaf. Uh, And it actually even has like a little stem at the top. That is... You know, I did not even notice that that... I thought it was just like this asymmetrical pattern. Yeah, isn't that adorable? I didn't even notice it was a leaf. It's a giant leaf. Oh, with a cool. yeah so um so i'll see what i can get through in in the uh Rav- the ravaletic games but the the meyer cardigan finishing my papillon meyer cardigan and then on to the oddments and see what i can get but excellent i, I have been sweater crazy <laughs> I am, like, I can't stop planning for, for sweaters. Uh, I, did I text you or did I, when did I mention Enchanted Mesa to you? People, have you uh, seen this pattern? When we were FaceTiming with Harold. Oh my gosh. So Enchanted Mesa is an absolutely insane looking pattern from Stephen West. It's brilliant. And I don't know if I had seen it only on Ravelry if I would be as obsessed as I am but I saw it in the window of Article Pract one day Adrian and I were waiting we were waiting for somebody and I was like oh my god what is this sweater and I just thought it was some kooky freeform project that someone there had done and uh, I didn't go in the store and ask but that afternoon I went home and I was looking at Ravelry trying to figure out how am I going to search for this sweater like if it exists if a pattern exists so just idly going through the hot now patterns it was there there it was and it is um it is a sweater that's knit from the top down it's a circular yoke that is somehow constructed asymmetrically and you the idea is that you use like single skeins and yarn scraps and all these different things to make the sweater and the way that the model is shown it has these very low armholes like the armholes would be halfway down your body practically and it's 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 very dancery you know steven is a dancer he in the photographs is leaping and moving in a way where you could see why it would be a great sweater for dancing for a dancer but um i think that it it will be very easy actually to adjust it so that the armholes are at a more natural spot um, and it could be a slightly more just as quir- quirky seeming, but uh, more wearable. And I even like came up with, uh, a- you know, after figuring out the pattern and looking at it and looking at everybody's FOs, I went in and to my stash and found uh, three different 
possibilities of yarns to use. Uh, the one, I'll just talk about the one that I think I'm going to actually do because the yarns in it are some super precious yarns, including the Koigu cashmere that you gave me, I think in 2007. <laughs> Yay! So I have the Koigu cashmere. I have 450 yards of Art Fiber Silph, which I think will be really beautiful in the body of the sweater. Uh, I have about 100 yards of Malabrigo Arroyo in this great, beautiful, like, turquoisey blue. I have uh, some Plucky Knitter Primo in a perfect, like, dark gray. Um, I have this other skein of Koigu, regular Koigu, which I might use. And, uh, and the skein of this yarn is a locally created yarn. I don't know if it still exists, called Twirl. And it's a natural color, locally bred, uh, basic wool. Um, so I would, you know, use the softer yarns like the Koigu cashmere around my neck. <laughs> and uh, probably use the blue as the stripe that, like, is the transition stripe. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm really, I am excited about it. I'm thinking of it, even though it's a sweater, I'm kind of considering it my next shawl project because it's so kooky I guess and unusual and it's going to be sort of an adventure of me just committing to the pattern and trying something totally different for me so I mean the gauge is 18 so you'll just knit those yarns on a big needle well so if you look in the notes for the pattern he actually talks about Uh how you can use different gauges to achieve different slightly different sizes so what I'm thinking about doing is the Sylph yarn is a DK. So he talks about what does 5.5 get you? 5.5 gets you a chest circumference of 36. So I'm actually thinking oh. about doing that. So knitting it, everything at the gauge of the Sylph. So right. And, so everything would be at at 5.5 per inch. So not like a super loose sock weight yarn. And actually, people have, in their notes for it have said that they've knit like the, uh, the cowl neck at a tighter mm-hmm. gauge. So I would probably knit that at like a five, like a six stitches per inch, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit tighter for the cowl. And then uh, moving to the bigger, whatever needle that I'm going to use for the silk, I would just use for the rest of the yarns, which will probably be a six because I knit everything on a six. <laughs> that is, I mean, looking at the FOs is pretty amazing. The FOs are incredible. And a lot of people have made the adjustments to put the armholes in different locations. And I've had the good fortune to have seen one in person. I went back into the store and looked at it and examined it and seen like, oh, I would just have to start my armholes like one wedge up from where they are. And it would still have the asymmetry because of the way that however this is constructed. I haven't purchased the pattern yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get better about waiting until I'm ready to start a project before buying the pattern. (laughs) <laughs> because I, there are a lot of patterns that I own that I'm never going to knit. And 
I'm glad to have supported those designers, but I, I think it's better for my mental health if I, you know, like Papillon, it worked so well. I like, I did the gauge swatch. I was like, got it, bought the pattern, started knitting. It's very satisfying. That does sound satisfying. I have, I went crazy during that gift along. Yeah. And just bought so many patterns. Yeah, I have a lot of patterns and... for that too. I know, and I haven't knit any of them yet. So the other sweater that I have been actually pondering for a while is Il Grand Favorito. That sounds so silly, the way I said that. I'm sure there's a much nicer <laughs> way to say that. Um, and it is a slouchy kind of a sweater, sweatshirt. Uh, with it's a, a little bit shorter in the front than it is in the back. It's knit from the top down. And um, a couple of people had knit it in Pioneer, and it was I was, like, super loving on it. I, I thought, oh, this is so amazing. And then I thought, well, what do I have in my stash? And I was really trying to fit my – I have some Mad Tosh Pashmina. I was really trying to uh-huh. – pigeonhole that even though that's a sport weight yarn i was trying to figure out well maybe if i doubled it with my shell ridge farms that i could get the gauge which is 14 stitches over four inches um, mm-hmm. um and the yarn is held doubled the that they recommend a sport weight yarn but you hold it doubled and then i remembered i have about 750 yards of uh that toots leblanc in a really dark brown color and so right. I am currently swatching to see. I actually did a little mini swatch last night, and I'm trying to do a, a real for real swatch. I'm even swatching in the round um, to see if I can get the right gauge, which I think I can. And I think judging on how much yarn other people use going through projects, I think I can do it in 750. We'll see. It might be, I might have to do shorter sleeves. That sweater looks so comfy. Right? I wish I had enough Toots LeBlanc um, Merino Angora to make oh the sweater. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? That <laughs> would, would be, be amazing. amazing. <laughs> Holy cow. But I only have three skeins of sport weight, so oh. it's not enough. Damn uh, it! <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. But, so this is... Although if I held it with something else, maybe I would See, have See, now you're, now you're doing what I was doing. <laughs> How can I do this? It's the bargaining phase. I know. It's like, it just looks like a sweatshirt. It looks like, like an awesome, you... awesome sweatshirt. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, and then I think, can I wear that to work? <laughs> <laughs> yes, before we got on, before we started recording, Jenny and I were talking about our work, our work clothes. Or... Uh, our, our work clothing style, I'll say. Um, mm. I don't know. Yes, you could wear it to work. Because it would be so, especially if it was in Merino Angora. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this sweater too. So I have, just like, plus that Adrian has been bugging me about his sweater. Did I tell you about the schematic that he drew? No. Wait, wait a minute. Yes, you did. I, yes, I have to did. post a picture of this. Yes. Uh, and like a, <laughs> he, he, uh, we were talking about his sweater and he, one thing he wants is he wants me to knit in something that looks like a watch band. So it looks like he's wearing a watch. 
uh, I was like, okay. And then I showed him that I have a button that has a watch, um, a clock face on it. And he was like, perfect, great. He's like, let me show you how you're going to do it. And he gets a piece of paper and draws a sweater, like, with, and then draws a line down it and draws buttons on it and then draws the sleeves and then right, puts, I mean, like, it's not to scale or anything, but he was like, this is it. This, Although he wants the watch band, he tells me, up here, like up on his bicep. And I was like, but you don't wear your watch up there. And he's like, well, that's where I want it. And we're still working on that. He also Maybe told... he's seen like runners with those like iPod bands on their on their arms. Yeah, maybe. Or something. Yeah, maybe. He also uh, he also told me he wanted I sense to... a future career in knitwear design. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The next Stephen West. Exactly. Uh, yes, he also told me he wanted it to be yellow, and I have to find a way around that because I can't knit another yellow sweater. <laughs> Just can't. But he looks so cute in yellow. Oh, we'll figure out another. We'll figure out another one. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk a little bit on this episode about accessories, like uh, like what kind of knitting bags that we use and other things that we like. Because I, I recently, I think because I'm not buying yarn, I've been shopping a lot for accessories. <laughs> um, nice. What do you, like... Right now, like, what are you storing that sweater in, your seamless hybrids? Um, well, the, there's only one piece of knitting that actually leaves the house. Uh-huh. And that's um, the I Heart Rainbow sweater, which I actually bound off the body. Nice. But I still have to, like, take the sleeves off waist yard and start knitting them. So that's just living in my purse right now. Um do you have it so inside I, of something else, or do you just put it in no, your purse? it's just in my purse. It's right. covered in crap. Um, but I do have a tote bag that I bought from Loyal Army that has tacos on one oh, side. You've had that for a long time. And the french fries on the, on other, the other side. side and yeah. the tacos are saying hola, and the french fries are saying bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my knitting tote bag. I have been really into project bags. I recently, and I, it's not readily available to show you, but I recently bought a little project bag off of Etsy uh, that I think was uh, might have been the last of the its kind, but it was it's super cute. It, the fabric has uh, different vintage sewing machines on it, but very modern looking. Um, so uh, I've been using that for my uh, vintage Fremont and, I don't know, something, whatever I was named before that was my small project. Um, I have a lot of little project bags. And I've been looking for a bigger project bag. I want something, mm-hmm. I, I often use tote bags, but I actually feel like I need a sweater size bag that closes at the top, um, like drawstrings nicely at the top. Um, right. I've been coveting this one bag from Zoe's Bag Boutique on Etsy. It's the Kipster bag, and it's really cool. It has a zipper on the outside, like a pouch, zipper pouch on the outside that goes all the way, almost all the way around the body. And then there are pockets on the inside. And um, the fabric that I really wanted, she only had enough to make the small one, which is sort of like 
you know, the small project size. And I feel like I have enough of those that I need something a little bit bigger that's going to hold more. Because, like, right now, I can't. I don't have a good portable bag for the Papillon. Or when I start the Meyer cardigan, I'd like to have something that hold, held more yarn and project. But I love the idea so, of having pockets. Do you put the project bag in your purse? Or do yes. you carry it separately? No, I put it in my my backpack and I carry so much crap with me. Like now that I've been like, I'll have my running shoes and I'll have my lunch and I'll have my breakfast and I'll have a coffee, you know, container. Like I just have too much stuff in my bag and right. you know, the, the risk of it getting spilled on is pretty high. Um, and I just want to sort of make sure it's not a total tragedy when that does it happen. Would be cool. It would be cool to have a bag where, all the yarn for the project lives in that bag yes. as well as the project. Yes. And uh, the needles. Although I have to say, like, my brother's sweater, the East Hale cardigan, it is uh, it is all in one tote bag with the work and the needles. And it's, yeah, I, I would need something huge to store a bunch of Donegal tweed. Right, right, right. Uh, so, you know, maybe not all the yarn, but, you know, a certain amount of the yarn. Um, so I may end up just going for, uh, at some point, Gipster, but I think I'm going to, uh, wait and see what I find at Stitches. That might be one of the things I really, uh, put my energy into is finding, like, the, like, I've looked at project bags before at Stitches, but never really committed to the idea. I love the, I love the idea, but then I think it's like, I feel like that bag would be too big to fit in another bag that I would then carry around. Well, I don't know. thanks to you, I have one of the world's largest backpacks. <laughs> so that space is not an issue for me. Um, right. um, also, because, yeah, sometimes I am carrying two bags because I take running gear with me to work a couple days a week. I often will have a tote bag with me, but I don't want to just put my knitting inside that tote bag. You know, like I just, I have a hard enough yeah. time. What happened recently, I had to spend a lot of time un, uh, untangling yarn that was mm. already in a project that I ended up having to cut the yarn, which was a huge bummer. Oh, it was with the, it was with uh, my bad oyster. The yarn got so tangled that I couldn't untangle it and I had to cut it and, took it apart because I had just thrown it in a bag and it just got all jostled around and I had two balls of yarn going so oh my I god think... I love this zombie project bag is that in the Zoe's bag boutique yeah <laughs> no, I'm like shopping for bags yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah she does a lot of zombies I have to say there's a high correlation of uh between uh zombies and knitters and Doctor Who and knitters. Uh, yeah. Lots of Doctor Who. Uh, and and so, cats. And cats, yes. There's a lot of that. Oh, yeah, those zombies are pretty cute. So th this is the bag that right now is sort of the bag to beat. I'm trying to find. And I found lots of other cute bags as well on Etsy, like really cute uh, Japanese knot bags and some other cute drawstring bags. Um but uh, this is the one that right now I'm, I'm coveting the most. 
the reason I even started this was because I, uh, I had too many times in my knitting life been swearing at myself because I could not find one of the following uh, items. Stitch markers, um, darning needle, or measuring tape. Like we were at the movies like a month ago and I really needed a measuring tape and I was like trying to find an app on my for my phone that I could measure with but I, and I downloaded one and I couldn't figure out how to work it. And I was like, God, why don't I just have a freaking fracking <laughs> tape measure? What is wrong with me? Right. And so, uh, and I can never find a stitch marker when I need one. Like literally I'll like find one and I'll need 10. You know, and then like sometime where I'm not looking for one, I'll be like, oh, here's all my stitch markers. Um, and then darning needles, they just get strewn about. So I, uh, first thing I did was I went on to Etsy and I found uh, the seller and I'm going to give her a little pl- plug. Um, let me just find my, in my account. And I bought a hundred locking stitch markers. Wow. Um, I bought them from, uh, let's see, J.S. Laurent. What is her? It's J.S.T. Laurent, L-A-U-R-E-N-T. And she had a listing for $10 for 100 colorful locking stitch markers. And they're coming all these crazy colors, not just the typical ones you see from Clover. They're a little less pliable than the Clover ones. They're a little bit of a harder uh, plastic. Uh, but I've gotten used to them. I really, I, and I figured with a hundred of them, it's going to take me at least a couple of years to lose all of them. So, uh, so I bought a hundred locking stitch markers and I know a lot of people like the handmade stitch markers. I find them to sometimes, you know, or the beaded ones, I find them to be a little heavy on my work. And I also find uh-huh. that for me, the, uh, little findings that, uh, the little circular findings to hold them together will get, sometimes get caught on my knitting. And right. I like the, I also like the ability to take the stitch marker on and off whenever I need to. So that mm-hmm. the locking stitch marker really works for me. Um, so I bought a hundred of those. I went around <laughs> and I found all of the darning needles I could find in my house. I found some, uh, some great magnets in that actually they were just on my refrigerator. I stole them off my refrigerator uh, that are just plain like black magnets. They don't have anything on them. Um, and I found, I dug up three Altoid tins or Altoid style tins that were in my house. And, um, Oh, and this was my stroke of genius. I was going to buy some tape measures, but I just went on line and I, and I typed in, you know, printable tape measure and I found these like 12 inch tape like rulers basically printed them out on scratch paper cut them out and folded them up and put them in the Altoids tin I put the magnet on the top and put a couple of darning needles on it I uh I put in like 20 stitch markers in each one I bought had three tins that uh and I uh put one more thing oh these little snips which are kind of useless but um they work in a pinch, basically. Ha get it, pinch. Uh, uh, <laughs> you really have to work to get it to cut, but they're, they're adorable. They are, like, really colorful, tiny, itty-bitty, tiny scissors that are in no way sharp. Um, so I got all those things together, and I kind of made my own knitter's uh, survival kit. I made three of them. There's one in my backpack. There's one by my bed. And then there's one that can be moved into different purses or like kept with a project. So I have 
those supplies because it was literally like I think I bought these stitch markers one night where I was just like cursing myself at like 11 at night because I couldn't find a stitch marker <laughs> um and you know you don't have to assemble it yourself I wanted to uh, say if you are like me and always looking for your knitting notions that you don't have an Altoids tin or you don't want to do this all yourself uh the um our friend sarah wilson the sexy knitter she has a great tool tin uh, that has um that comes with way more than what i put together in my own tool tin it has a stitch holder it has some little snips it has a cable needle it has these actually these really cute uh origami stitch markers a tape measure Oh, and the tiny crochet hook, which I think could be really useful. Um, and a uh, darning needle, actually two darning needles, so oh, three needles it comes with. So it comes with all these great, it's, it's much uh, classier than the thing I threw together, but I, I was desperate in the moment. Um, and Sarah has offered a coupon to Sash and Burn listeners. And actually, we're going to do a giveaway of a tool tin. So, um, this will probably go up around February 8th and I will post, uh, I'll post a thread in our Ravelry group. Um, and so Sarah has a bunch of different designs at her store. We'll link to it. She's at thesexyknitter.etsy.com. She has cute, she has one that's got hexapuffs on it, one that has a little lamb on it, one that has a picture of lace, sheep, different uh, so all these different little very pretty designs so uh, why don't you post in the thread which uh, tool tin you would like to win and uh, maybe where you would keep it where would you always carry it with you would you keep it at your bedside would you keep it in your knitting basket I want to know where you want to keep your where you need your tools the most and um, around February I think probably maybe the 20 whatever two weeks 14, I'm doing some math in my head. The 22nd of February, I will close the thread and draw a winner. If you cannot wait to win, see if you win, you need to get one of these tool tins or you want to send one to someone as a gift, um, Sarah is offering a coupon to Stash and Burn listeners for 25% off any purchase of $22 or more in her store. So a tool tin is $22 minus 25%. It makes it a super great deal, like sixteen fifty, um, and that coupon is stash and burn, all spelled out, and each word has a cap, so capital S stash, capital A and capital B burn, stash and burn. Um, so thank you, Sarah, and uh, and uh, enjoy that coupon, and please enter to win that. Uh, but while we are talking about accessories, I wanted to talk about one more accessory something that i made recently uh, uh-huh. and then i promise i will breathe i made myself a pattern wallet cool which uh is something that's a it's about as big and a little bit bigger than an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and uh-huh. i put um i had some of that like plastic clear plastic that you could sew and i put that on one side and made the other pocket I'll post, there's actually posts, there's pictures on Flickr of it. So I looked at some online to buy and I realized that if I bought them, I'd have to wait for it. And I really wanted it then. And I had all the supplies and I had a sewing machine and I have like a billion yards of fabric. So I should just make one myself. Uh, And it was pretty quick and easy and I've used it 
constantly for the papillon i it's really cool because of the plastic you could write on the plastic and erase notes i got some of that um highlighter tape and i use it and put the highlighter tape on the on the plastic part so cute i'm looking at your flicker yeah i used some japanese fabric that i got in a trade many years ago so uh it's been uh it's been great i love it i'm gonna make one for you that is extremely cute do you i keep a needle sizer in my uh little bag of notions and i found that that's kind of helpful sometimes if you're looking for needles and Yes, it is. Uh, that, a needle sizer is something I'm always, uh, that I'm also always uh, having a problem with. What I try to do is keep my needle sizer with my needles. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have a couple different places where I keep a store needles. So, my individual needles are stored in these little uh, plastic containers. And I keep a needle sizer in one of those, or I try to. And then, like, in my nitpicks, uh, uh, interchangeable kit i keep it try to keep a needle sizer in there too although the other day i mysteriously found my needle sizer in adrian's room so uh it's not as easy to keep track of as <laughs> as that so um anyway so are there any other sort of accessories that you're always clamoring for mm. how do you solve your stitch marker i so I keep the stitch markers. I keep all my stitch markers, um, my those chibis. I have two chibis uh-huh. and uh, a needle sizer and a little ruler and a little pair of scissors in my little notions bag. But I can see the utility of having more than one of these because I find myself having to look for where I put that notions bag all the time. And it would be nice to just have one that lives in my purse and one that, like, lives in the living room or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. I think every knitter has their own particular thing that they can't live without. And for some reason, for me, or that they're always missing. But you're right, the needle sizer is key. There isn't a needle si- I don't. I'll have to look and see if there's a needle sizer that would fit in one of those tins. Um, but usually, like, if I'm tr- if I'm out in the world, I'm not going to have to, like, I'm not going to have to use the needle sizer. I'll probably just have right. the needles I need. But it's it's more often that I need, I'm looking for that desperately while I'm at home. And I have... Right. I have three. Um, but it's one of those things I should probably pick up a couple more just to have them around. Because it is... I found a really compact one. That I think someone threw in my bag at Stitches. Is it either last year? It, it's like a hexagon. Yeah, that Urban Fauna. Uh, the, yeah. The studios they gave us one one year. It's clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just stuck that in there, and it's it's great. I the agree. problem with these needle sizers is that sometimes I feel like they ha- they read differently. I agree, but I don't think they're going to agree that. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that drastic of a difference. Do you? Um, well, I, I guess... guess I mostly noticed the differences in the really smallest sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have needles that don't quite fit 
they're like between sizes, which is weird. But whatever. I mean, I guess I don't use like one and a halfs and twos that often, so. You know, when you knit your kneebling shawl, you can uh, get a more accurate <laughs> gauge needle sizer. Oh, oh that's so funny. No, but I, yeah, I think accessory-wise, I'm not, I'm pretty low-key. Yeah, I have a bag thing. I think that's it. I should, I, yeah, the number of tote bags I have. Adrian asked me the other day, what is a tote bag? And I said, it's a thing that you carry stuff around and you tote things in. And he's like, like, what kind of stuff do you tote? And I was like, well, mommy usually totes her knitting. And he's like, hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm just, I'm just saying, I just feel like I need something that closes at the top would really, I think, be a little more satisfying. Right. For me, especially if I'm going to be doing more sweaters, like if I'm clearly as, a, if I'm really as obsessed as I'm claiming to be, then having a bigger drawstring bag will be useful for the sweater project du jour. That is a good idea. I'm actually like, I'm very interested in those, those bags. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, you'll spend a lot of time in that Etsy store. She has hundreds of options. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I wanted to say two things because I'm seeing that we've been talking for about an hour. Um, one, uh, Uli prizes. I know it sounds like I'm stalling. I'm hoping, so I, I remember how I, I said I wanted to make everybody a little project bag. I have started. I have made two project bags. They are not going to win any prizes, but they are cute and they're small and, uh, they were made by my very own hands from my very own stash. Um, Yay! so, um, what I'm going to do after we record and before I put this up is draw a couple of winners um, and announce the first few prizes and I will do this hopefully it will pick up speed and next month I will have made all of the project bags and can announce all of the winners um, so um, I will do that I'll come on later um, someone on the boards our friend uh, Deborah Goldie girl had suggested um, doing donations to help defer the cost of postage and I felt kind of funny because we've never really done anything like that before but what I think we're gonna do we are getting a new logo we're having a logo makeover and um, I'm gonna have some buttons made and I thought I would just um, maybe do a s small fundraiser so uh, for a donation of anybody who donated $3 or more would get a button. So the money would go towards postage, but then you would get, I would send you um, a stash and burn button, which I'm pretty excited about. And then I'm hoping that we have in time for our, our Stitches adventure. We are going to Stitches on Friday. Jenny, do you know what the date is for that? It is... February. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, I think so, it's the 22nd or 21st. It's uh, February 21st. February 21st. So we are going to go to Stitches on Feb Friday, February 21st. We will be shopping with uh, Jenny's sister and her sister's mother-in-law and the famous Emma. So if Yay! you see us, then you get to meet the famous Emma. Uh, 
<laughs> and um, hopefully we will have buttons by then. And so we will happily give you a button if you come up and say hi to us. And we have them. Um, we are also doing an appearance at the Team Awesome booth. And Team Awesome is made up of three dyers from the Baltimore area. They are Dragonfly Fibers. Just see if I can do cephalopod yarns and neighborhood fiber fiber company, all of whom I am very excited to see at Stitches, especially neighborhood fiber company because I feel like I should have seen her stuff by now, and I have, I I don't feel like I've ever seen it in person. Right. Have you? Mm -mm. Um, I haven't seen any of those yarns in person. Ah, well, yeah, I guess we saw sort of the last appearance of um sanguine griffin which cephalopod yarns is an offshoot of okay um, okay so yes here um i will read you our tweet we'll be at stitches west on friday february 21st um and we'll be roaming the marketplace throughout the day and we'll be hanging out in team awesome's booths this plural they're uh, booths 704 through 708 and we'll be there starting around 3 30 there's a prize drawing at 4 p.m. and we will be uh, present for the prize drawing. So we'll probably show up a little before 4, stay until a little after 4. Maybe we can help you pick out yarn because we will be shopping for the prizes for the Ravalenix thread. Uh, I think I talked about this last time. There was a little fundraising going on. So people in that thread have been donating money so we can buy lovely prizes. And I guess there's some other prizes already. So if you are not already part of our Ravalenix team, even if you hear this and the and the uh, winter games have started, you can still join our team. We don't care. We're not we're not going to shut anybody out. We know uh, it, it's a great group. Who wouldn't want to join, even if they join late? Uh, so it's very mellow. The uh, only qualification you need for winning a prize is to use something that you already own. It does not have to be the yarn. It could be the pattern. It could be a stitch, uh, like a stitch pattern dictionary it could be a crafty class that you're enrolled in uh, buttons that you already have just so that something that you you already have is going into the project and you could be very creative uh sherry uh tangled thread gave a pretty good example you can dig up in our already very long revelatics thread so um come on over join us and uh if you see us at stitches please come and say hi. We are, are always happy to talk to people and be distracted from buying too much yarn. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and point us towards the project bags because we'll be looking for some probably now. Um, yes. Okay. Well, I will come back on um, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it'll be mere seconds for you. It'll be a couple days for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the time dissonance. I never know how to talk about it. Like, I'm not good at thinking it so all right uh, cool. thanks for listening well, good to talk to you and thanks for listening well uh we'll see you in stitches or talk to you again next month and just like that i am back so i wanted to announce the winners for the first seven uli prizes I feel like I have a break coming up from work and i can bust out some bags but i didn't want to get too far ahead of myself so finally um, the winner from the first round of Uli, which was back in January of 2013, is Cow 
Cowl Girl, Carol, and she is the winner of the Juniper Lemon Shawl Kit from uh, Jayla Spiro of Knit Circus. Uh, the winner of Uli 2 is Mish Makes Things, Michelle. You are the winner of two skeins of Manos Maxima in a beautiful teal, along with the um, pattern of the bias, uh, bias scarf with ribbed cables by Lisa Myers. And the sponsor for that prize is uh, Manos del Uruguay. Uh, the winner of the third Uli prize is Goldie Girl, Deborah. Uh, the winner of three skeins of Gems Worsted in Navy um, from Louette. And the pattern that goes with that is the Chalice Cowl um, from Julia Trice. Uh, the winner of Uli 4 is winning, uh, it is Sherry W., uh, Sherry is the winner of a giant skein of lace, silk lace weight yarn from Tactile Fiber Arts. It's in the Mallard colorway. It's her Arcata lace base. And the winner of the Radiance Shawl Pattern by Helen Stewart. The fifth Uli winner is Magdon Monica. And uh, Monica is the winner of a skein of Soledad Sock from Tactile Fiber Arts in Ember. And a pattern, sock pattern of her choice from Ariel Altares, who is Stariel on Ravelry. The winner of the sixth Uli is JP Knits, who has won a skein of La Jolla Fingering Superwash from Ba Yarns in a beautiful peacock color. And the pattern uh, for the Odessa Shawl from Helen Stewart. Um, and the last winner I will be announcing uh, on this episode is uh, Cornflower, who is Sarah, and uh, you have won uh, two skeins of Serenity Chunky by Zen Yarn Art Garden in Frilly Fiji uh, from A Good Yarn in Sarasota, Florida, and uh, your choice of either the Acer or the Mishka pattern by Courtney Robinson. So congratulations to all the winners and thank you to our sponsors. In addition to the things that I've said, everybody's getting a few extra little treats, maybe a stitch marker um, or a set of needles or a shawl pin from Knitter's Pride. Um, and then I have uh, little samples of ukulele that I've been uh, putting in all of the packages as well. So uh, thank you to Yucalan and Knitter's Pride for uh, sponsoring those little extras that we were able to throw into people's prize packages. Uh, I just want to say one more time that we will be at Stitches on Friday, February 21st. We'll be there all day long shopping and uh, towards the late afternoon we will be in the Club Awesome booth, which is which are uh, booth 704 through 708. We will be there, like, say, from 345 till for a little while after that. And um, please enter to win a um, tool tin from the Sexy Knitter, Sarah Wilson, by going into our thread and posting about which is your favorite tin and uh, where you will be keeping your tin. And everybody else, um, or everybody, even if you want to win, you can still use this coupon. And the coupon is good through March 8th, I believe. And it is Stash and Burn, capital Stash, capital A, capital, uh, I'm sorry, capital S, Stash, capital A, and capital B, Burn, all, uh, all is one word. So uh, thanks for listening, and we hope to see some of you soon. They seek him here. They seek him there. 
clothes are loud But never square It will make or break him So he's got to buy the best Cause he's a dedicated follower of fashion And when he does His little rounds Round the boutiques Of London town All the latest fads and trends Cause he's a dedicated follower of fashion Oh yes he is Oh yes he is Oh yes he is Oh yes he is Thinks he is a flower to be looked at And when he pulls his frilly nylon And his raked up tight He feels a dedicated follower of fashion One week he's in polka dots The next week he's in stripes But he's a dedicated follower of fashion They seek him here They seek him there In Regent Street And Leicester Square Everywhere the Carnivation Army marches on Dedicated 